I have two two uh, presentation routines. One is I go get my fear poop out of the way. <laughs> oh man wow and and two is i remind myself that the adrenaline that i'm feeling is there so that if i see a lion coming i can run faster than the other people <laughs> in the room right welcome to working code and now your hosts none of whom have ever seen a failing unit test adam ben carol and tim It is show number 27 for June the 16th, and on today's show, we're going to be talking about giving technical presentations, and as usual, we're going to start with our triumphs and fails, and this week, it's my turn to go first, so I'm going to swing it back around, and I'm going to the triumph this week. Last week, I talked about how I had started getting, I yeah, I did, I, I used that exact phrase, I said I was starting to get started <laughs> doing <laughs> TDD, uh, and it wasn't going well. Um, well, the pendulum has started to swing back in the other direction. Uh, I wouldn't say that I'm fast, but I am doing fine. I'm kind of killing it with this project that I've been working on. Uh, I ha- have 100% passing tests right now with 95% code coverage, and I am just feeling great. So, I mean, it's, hey, every day is frustrating because I'm learning as I'm going. <laughs> and, um, you know, fits, there are, it's fits and starts, right? It, everything's going great for an hour. And then I spend three hours stuck on something and it's great for two hours. And All right. So that's me. Uh, Tim, what do you got? Uh-oh. <laughs> that sounds pretty. It sounds like you just won something. No. Today sucked. <laughs> oh my god, today sucked so bad. The week was t- oh. so we have a legacy system that's just been around like 10 years. And every time you reboot it, the system, it does weird stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a good thing. <laughs> no, it's not a good thing. And it's like, it's just, and it's only for one customer. So we have lots of customers, but for some reason, people before me decided to create this one-off thing for this one customer. And all it does is it just, it batches payments and makes the, I mean, it's, it's not hard what it's doing, but it's weird. So it it's all asynchronous and it like, Jobs aren't, you know, they reboot it, jobs won't fire, and then sometimes all the jobs will fire at once. <laughs> and, and yeah, it was, so they're dealing with like life insurance payments and most of their people are older. So most of their payments are made on the third when their, you know, social social security check comes in. And um, yeah, so today just sucked really bad because they, they rebooted this thing and just it didn't oh work. that's why it was bad because there was a reboot that happened yeah the reboot uh, happened it's on a lit I don't know the cron jobs don't work I don't I don't know and so it's like I, I've been wanting to rebuild and refactor and just take this whole thing down and do it from scratch because it was not done right I mean there's a much easier way to do it than the way they're doing it so um, this is your motivator to be like alright I'm done do you have time now in your schedule to like work on it or you still got to hold oh, it a while? Yeah, I'm, I'm making time. I, I have a meeting. I have a meeting with them tomorrow. I'm like they, they, so someone at some point in time told them they can't send a batch of payments more than 26 at a time. <laughs> I, I have no idea where that number came from. Such a, but see any number that's not like a, a nice even number. Yeah, you yeah, think 26. someone actually thought about it. So then they're like, okay, yeah. 26 is accurate. Yeah. Just, yeah, just send us 26. Who would say 26? Yeah. I don't know. So their biggest concern is we would really like the, earlier in the year I had a meeting that like we'd really like to like make it so they could just send you the entire batch at once and you just process the payments. I'm like, yeah, cool. We can do that this year. But it's like 
they're they're a good customer, but they're not like in the top ten, right? So it's like I haven't made time for it. But it's like now it's like all right, I'm making time. But now for they're this. costing you money though right. by well, being well, down and not working. They're <laughs> they're costing me time. Yeah, so I, I, time's I, money. I'm, I'm spending. Yeah, I, I've spent the last three days like worrying about this. So yeah. I'm yeah. definitely. I have a meeting with them tomorrow. I'm like, I need to understand. We send them stuff. I need to understand what they get and mm-hmm. do with that stuff when we send it to them. And after that, I'm just going to just rebuild the whole thing. I honestly don't think rebuilding it will take long. Um, probably like two, three days total. Um, gotcha. But I just need to understand each part of the process that they're on. So it's like yeah, today was just awful because that's the only thing I worked on. It's like there's so many other things I need to be doing. Mm-hmm. Somebody please send hugs to Tim. He needs Thank hugs. You. He needs hates. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. I'll take haters. I'll t- totally add them. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> so, so going back to the idea of people like teaching random things and they just kind of get stuck in the 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 user base for no reason at all. I worked at a company that it was common to do like paging over the the entire uh, campus, like intercom sort of thing, right? Like you know, Adam, please you come call. to. Yeah, 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 or come to the front office or you have a call online, whatever yeah. sort of thing. But the person who installed the phone system and like hooked it up to do this liked the sound of somebody pressing a button after it had like started the recording of what they were going to say. Beep. So he, he, you know, it was like, you, it was like press, you know, pound 33 to, to make a broadcast announcement, but he would teach him pound 33 pound. So that that pound ended up in the recording because he <laughs> liked the sound of the that Dang. tone as part of the message. And I could not train people not to do it. It drove me so bananas. You know, that doesn't have to be there. I get it. Going back to my like type A personality, yeah. The, yeah. if there's a right way to do it, do it the right way. Yeah. Last week's episode. So, yeah, that's me. How about you, Carol? Yeah, I'm... Uh, well, I'm sorry your days suck, but I'm winning Thank over you. here. You know, you can come enjoy my triumphs with me. All right. Um, so I got selected to race the Peachtree Road Race. So July 4th, I will be competing with a whole bunch of people in a 10K through Atlanta. So nice. I'm super excited because not only did I get in it, I'm also in the second heat in the morning. So I will be out early and done early and Hopefully some of the faster sets and faster results. So I'm super excited. So now nice. to get out and make sure I get that time, you know, shortened up a little bit and get my legs broken in. How do you get selected for something like that? So I had to submit my race results. So I had to submit times and then they do like lotteries and then there's a couple different ways. Um, I'm not really for sure what criteria got me into it, but I ended up getting getting a spot so i was super excited the there's two days of it there's the july 3rd day and july 4th is actually like the big day so i'm super mm-hmm. excited i'm on the july 4th race so Ooh, i'll look i'll look yeah. for you on the new local news yeah right so that's me yay a good run all right how about you ben i'm gonna go with a triumph this week although it doesn't necessarily feel like a triumph emotionally <laughs> but i have agreed to do a presentation at the upcoming Adobe Developer Week. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't give a lot of presentations. Mostly I just sit in my uh, office all day, every day. Uh, and uh, But I, I'll tell you, being on this podcast and talking to you, and uh, I, I've been feeling more connected to my people. Good, me has, too. Has also, like, conversely made me feel less connected to a lot of other people. And, mm. and, I, and I feel like stepping out of my comfort zone and giving a presentation 
uh, will help me get back into that uh, feeling of connectedness with the, with the broader community. But, uh, you know, I think you guys have actually really inspired me and made me want to put myself out there. Nice. That's cool. I'm That's excited awesome. about that. That's I'm awesome. stressed as heck <laughs> and uh, overwhelmed, but, uh, but, I, but I think it'll be okay. That's your body preparing you like that adrenaline, uh, that fear that's your body helping you be prepared to do a good job, right? That, that adrenaline, that's what I tell myself before I go on stage. Right. And this is kind of getting into our topic for the day is like, um, you know, giving presentations. I think a lot of people feel that, that fear of public speaking and that they get that adrenaline rush, especially right before they go on stage. Me personally, I have two, two, uh, pre, presentation routines one is i go get my fear poop out of the way (laughs) (laughs) oh man wow and and two is i remind myself that the adrenaline that i'm feeling is there so that if i see a lion coming i can run faster than the other people (laughs) in the room right and and i mean that's both literal and metaphorical because that's that's you know where that evolutionary thing comes from right is like when your senses are heightened you're able to perform better and that's what that adrenaline is all about, right? It's, it's heightening your senses and making you more aware of how often you say, um, and, um, <laughs> and there um. I go saying, um, <laughs> and, and, uh, and just seeing, you know, and, and t- sort of time slows down for you. So you feel like you're taking a long time speaking that Forever. sort of thing. Forever. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Ben, you, you've spoken before, right? I, 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 I'm pretty Many sure years I, ago. I, yeah. I, I, so I'm pretty sure I saw you present, I think it was a see if United. I think they've all been at CF United. Yeah. Yeah. And I was super impressed. I mean, I was seriously super impressed and I never would have imagined a million years that you have the, uh, the anxiety. Oh, so anxious. Was uh, this, t- was this the like love story when y'all talk about all the time? Well, like, that well, that I really one, that wish I would have saw. That was a lightning talk. Yeah. yeah this, that was a, I think that was a dev objective. That was a dev objective. Yeah. Right. yeah. But he did, he did a technical presentation, I think in, 2010 something like that on oh, uh, custom tags cold yeah. Fusion custom yeah. tags yeah 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 um, and i was like dude this guy's awesome i i because and i read your blog you were to at that point in my life you were like my hero because everything <laughs> everything i google was like ben uh, you know yeah ben adele ben adele everything i found was ben adele and and you got up there and like gave an awesome presentation and then i got to know you i didn't really meet you that year later i got to hang out with you and i was like wow he's really kind of insecure <laughs> he's a human like me <laughs> i i um i think part of it i mean obviously i have some social anxiety uh i don't think i have like an yeah. extreme social anxiety but i have i i'm much more comfortable in smaller groups but mm. i also when i think about my technical abilities i i feel like i tend to focus on very low level things like here's what this six lines of code is doing and it solves this very particular problem and I feel like when people give presentations, they tend to be telling a story and, and here's a, you know, meta set of problems and here's how it fits together. And, and here's how it, uh, you know, pertains to you at your job. Mm-hmm. And I've never felt like I had the ability uh, to like formulate those level of thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so my presentation is going to be on feature flags and I, and I feel like feature flags is one of the first things in a really long time where I have, I, I think maybe just because I've experienced it from, from nothing to how I view it now as like this revolutionary idea that I can tell that story at least. 
Whereas mm. most of the time I just don't have, I don't have that, uh, I don't have that narrative kind of on hand. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not speaking specifically about anything Adobe related. You're actually doing just kind of the overall, this is how feature flags work or well, how is that I, going? I, yeah. I mean, so it'll be about feature flags, but then mm-hmm. hopefully with cold fusion based samples. Okay. Gotcha. To show how implementation. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah I, I, you know, I, I do, I do think that, so how much you can learn in a one hour presentation typically is very high level. Oh so yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I agree with you there that, if, if you're a very detail level oriented person that there is a struggle there to, to like kind of raise that up. You know, if you, if what you're really interested in is the low level stuff, mm-hmm. you got to bring it up there because you're not going to be able to get to that in one hour. Yeah. You need like a workshop to get that going. Mm-hmm. So you said something about like telling a story and I have to say the times that I have felt most at comfort, or at ease on stage giving a presentation is when I was telling a story because having that sort of mental timeline of the story that I'm telling, these are the high notes that I need to make sure that I hit and this is where I'm going mm-hmm. and, and having just some details to fill in in between helps keep me like on track and mm-hmm. know where I'm going. So I say I'm less <laughs> and I, mm, Mm. Mm, you uh, it, just switched it to mm, from um. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was on, tur- on purpose. <laughs> I, I see now you got me all flustered. I having the story helps me uh, know where I'm going and and yeah. just have a plan and help me feel at ease telling that story because it's something that I know. Like plus, there's like this personal connection to it as well that helps keep you on track. Where mm-hmm. when you're just talking straight up tech, and I'm just talking about how a technology works, and there's no real relation to how it's been implemented or how it functions and what I'm doing every day, it's a it's a lot less connected. So I can stray off a lot easier. So when yeah. I do have that personal connection to it, it's kind of like okay, here's the the flow of it, here's how it was, and that that does mm-hmm. kind of track along easier. I can remember one presentation that I gave that I very artificially put in a story, but it worked really well, which was like I gave a presentation about not sending error, like exception logs over email. And mm-hmm. yeah. um, the the story that I put in was like, I took some pictures of my son and like said, like, you know, this is Dylan and this is his inbox. And I had like a screenshot of Gmail that I had like artificially inflated to have thousands <laughs> of unread emails in the inbox sort of thing. Um, and, and, you know, I unfortunately, sort of unfolded the story of like how using these tools for exception logging can um, save your inbox and give you useful data to, to, you know, be able to uh, debug your app in a useful way, I guess, or, you know, whatever it is just how they can be, be helpful to you and how like at the end it kind of all unfolds with him, you know, being uh, awesome. And, you know, he's got like a bunch of smashed soda cans on his little desk that we put out in the backyard and, <laughs> He's wearing sunglasses and leaning back with his feet up on the desk and he's got my laptop there. It's, it was cool because it like I think it made it was an element of um, levity, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was something cute and fun, but it also helped like tell the story. Like the purpose of this presentation is to help you be a better developer and help you be more relaxed at work and mm. that sort of thing. So, so Ben, let me ask you. So when I give presentations, I try to come up with at least one or two takeaways how do you come up with yours? Well, I think, I mean, not to 
give away the presentation here, obviously. I mean, duh. Uh, ben obviously. is very anti-feature flag. Uh, duh. Oh, you guys are <laughs> about to find out. The, the, the criticality with feature flags is the separation between the deployment of code and the release of the feature that those represent, that code represents. And, and when you can create this bifurcation in, in what it means to put code into a production server, then you enable a whole bunch of other things. And that's, I mean, I'm, I'm not, not to iterate over those today, but, but, uh, I think the power comes from that separation and then what that separation enables you to do. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason I ask that is because it's like, that's the thing I look for when I, when I do a presentation is what's the hook, mm-hmm. right? What's, what's the one or two things I want them to take away and go back to work and say, I heard this talk and they talked about this. And I think this is awesome. And because, I mean, you sit through, if, if it's an eight hour, I don't know how long the Adobe Dev Week is, but um, you sit through a bunch of presentations, like you maybe will take one or two things away from right. each presentation. Right. So you really have to decide what is the one thing that you want them to, to take home. Mm. Yeah. And so and you have to drive their home. And that's, and that is a skill that that's hard. I no, this is a it's it's good to frame it that way because I think that'll help me put my slides together because I can think in terms of of creating that sort of an outcome. Mm. You don't want to overload because then it's just kind of a lot yeah. of information all at once from a lot of different places, and you're like, man, I want to take it all in, but after lunch, I'm like, I'm done. Like my brain's mm. so full of stuff I've just taken in I didn't know about that I can't really consume much more. Yeah, yeah. I, I think some of the most successful presentations I've seen talk about a problem. Yep. They talk about the options to the problem. Mm-hmm. They talk about what they tried with the problem. They talk about what failed with the problem. And they talk about what succeeded with the problem. Right. And so just having that kind of, and that in itself is kind of like what Adam said, a story, right? Mm-hmm. It's a story of, look, here's what we faced. Here's what we thought about. Here's what we chose. Here's what happened. And here's the results. Um, that story in itself is an art. I mean, I know you you came to my um, database uh, source control talk Absolutely. years ago. Absolutely. Ahead yeah. of your time. Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally, totally ahead of my time. But I mean, and I wasn't giving that talk as an expert. I was giving that talk as an explorer. Right. Yeah. So, and I think a lot of times we think that when I'm giving it, if I'm giving a talk, I'm the expert. Right. And that if someone is smarter than me in the audience, they can stand up and like prove me a fraud. I, I don't ever approach a, a presentation that way. I approach mm-hmm. it as it's a conversation with the audience. Yep. And here's what I'm going through. Here's what I tried. Here's what worked. Here's what didn't work. What do you guys think? And some of the best talks I've ever given, I've just kind of walked around the audience and just got feedback from them. And it was more like a conversation than a presentation. If it, you know, you're in a room, well, you're doing it virtually. Virtual. So yeah. you're in a yeah. virtual room. It's yeah, all the you're same. In a virtual room, but they can ask questions. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So think of it less as a, an adversarial. 
thing. <laughs> yeah, nobody's going to stand up and be like, this guy sucks. Yeah, right. Well, no, and, no I mean, gonna... unless you have like Dave Ferguson or like one of your friends sitting in the front row yeah. heckling you, then they, you're yeah. fine. I mean, yeah, they're not going to heckle yeah. you. They're not gonna... No, this is all really good. I think uh, I, I'm, I'm, I've started my slides. So my methodology for putting a presentation together, which, you know, I do once a decade, so it's not very finely tuned, <laughs> is uh, I will just in a notepad, you know, like a text file, Yeah, I'll just write down anything that comes to my mind about that topic that I think might be interesting, like not in any particular order or of any particular level of importance. And then I sort of look at all of that and I start to formulate higher level thoughts and maybe think about things that I might want to talk about first or how do you frame it and then lower level things. And then I start to just siphon that off into slides, trying mm-hmm. to trying to tell some sort of a story to Adam's point. And yeah. I don't know, we'll see. We'll see how it works out. Yeah. And I try making it so that my slides, when I send them out, so like people have them after, right? That they're relatable, that they're able to take what I've created, actually use that. And they're not just slides that make no sense to someone. So they yeah. actually are able to go, okay, I can actually remember what was going on here based off what's happening and actually use this to build something going forward. That That's actually like one of the funniest things I'll see after a conference and then I'll see someone post like, Oh, here's my uh, slides here's my from my presentation. Deck, yeah. And it's just like 10 different photos of waterfalls. Uh-huh. And I'm like, well, that didn't help. <laughs> That's not relatable. Like I need this actually be kind of, you know, my little handbook to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so kind of what Tim was talking about where you kind of tell that story of, of solving a problem. I think that's a really good style of presentation, but it's obviously not the only way to do right. one. And I think that sure. the ones he said that those were the ones that he's had a lot of success with or been uh, most impressed with. For me, I think the ones that um, stick with me, that live in my brain rent-free, are the ones that are super inspirational. Mm-hmm. Um, and f- so I was trying to think about like what makes for a really inspirational uh, presentation. And I think that um, it's a, it's very similar to the outline that Tim gave, but it's like an abbreviated form of that. You know, kind of tell that problem-solving story, but get that done. If you're talking about like an hour presentation, get that done in like the first half of the presentation or less. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of it is all like, if you were to do the thing that I'm proposing you do here, like if you were to you start it. using feature flags, these are the, the opportunities that then lay before you. These are the things you can explore yeah. and the possibilities. For sure. Yeah. I like it. I mean, I mean, cause I've been using feature flags now. I work pretty heavily for about five years and wow. th- there was definitely a ramp up time in terms of understanding how I even wanted to use them or how they made sense. Or at first they sort of just felt like a lot of more work, mm-hmm. um, which I learned over time that that was not true, but uh, it took me a while to, to understand the trade offs. And yeah, that's the other thing is too, is like, I feel like you kind of need to do two things in that presentation as well. You need to, help people understand, like help, help them recognize the challenges that they're going to face mm-hmm. starting to, to use feature flags. Right. Yeah. This is where you're likely to get stuck mm-hmm. and how to get past that. And then, um, I guess the other one would be more like, these are sort of the advanced technique techniques. Like once you get past that basic, okay, I have a flag, I can turn it on and turn it off and I switch between SQL or whatever. Like, I, I don't know what that is. I, I'm not a feature flag user, yeah, yeah, but yeah, something, yeah. you know, the, the, Go from 101 to yeah. the 400 level here. So, yeah. So the under the cover. That's one thing I like. So 
I watch a lot of uh, cooking videos, and I hate the ones who don't show their failures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you know they got it wrong. Right. Yeah. They, they they worked on try that recipe a bunch of times. So <laughs> right. so I I think it, being honest about your failures and saying, look, we tried this, it didn't work. Yeah. Here's why. I think being very honest about that is extremely important in a, in a talk because it, it lets people know. All right, because I think a lot of times the talk, if you all you give is like take feature flags, everything's shiny, everything everything's gonna be great, and then they try it and stuff fails. They think, well, I'm a bad developer. Yeah, I, clearly I couldn't figure this out, so I'm just gonna stop right. now. I'm not gonna I'm try gonna, anymore. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah it, it, this is too hard. Yeah, but mm. but if you say, you know what, we tried this. And this didn't work, this didn't work, this didn't work. But then this worked. And then people are like, okay, well, if Ben struggled with this portion of it, then... I'm expected to struggle with 90% yeah. more than he did. Exactly right. <laughs> no, this is great. I think uh, the idea of maybe starting not lower level, but smaller scale. Yeah. Like here's the, here's the, here's the least amount of work you can do to get some value out of this approach. I like and then that. start to talk about it and how do I now apply this in larger and larger ways? Yeah. How do I grow this now that I'm able to actually see it going, see it working? Yeah. yeah. I like that. And then if we're, if we're like ready to sort of move on yeah. topic wise a little bit here, um, I was thinking maybe a good thing to spend some time on would be like, what are the pitfalls of giving a technical presentation? What are the things that people do commonly that are terrible? Right. Live so like coding. Okay. Mm. That, I mean, I've seen that go really well too. Like if you, if you practice it and you have it down pat and you sure you know, know exactly yeah. what you're doing and, and it's simple coding, yeah. simple, simple. And you cannot rely on any networking. So mm. you need yeah. to make mm-hmm. sure that everything you're running is locally on your machine because suddenly when you can't connect to the internet and you can't get to anything because you don't have internet, well, you've just wasted my now hour. There's 500 people on the yeah. conference Wi-Fi. Yeah. Yep. So you need to make sure that if you're going to live code, that you can live code with no network or you have your phone or whatever. So yeah, live coding is valid, but just make sure it works before you do it. The one I had in mind was uh, like writing a book on every slide. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's what the comment section's for to me, like on slide decks. If you want to add something in there for the people later on, add those in like some of the comments on there so they can have it to read as like information, but don't make it so that you have it all up there. The whole time you're talking, they're just reading. So yeah. Keynote has a field for presenter notes underneath every slide. Carol, a lot of times my live coding is just videos. Yeah. And that's fine. I'm totally okay with that. Like I will record to you and be like, here, this is what it looks like. I'm just going to show it to you because I ain't going to risk having to fat finger this because you know, when someone's looking over your shoulder, mm-hmm. you get it wrong. Yep. It never goes right. So I'm like, I'll just do it right by myself with no one looking and you'll never know. One thing that I struggle with as, as a consumer of presentations, uh, especially in a live space with a projector is a uh, dark themes. Mm. Yeah. I'm, I'm much better with black text on a white background. And then sometimes I'll see people do live coding or, or, or recordings of codings. And it's, and it's like that, you know, gray blue with, with orange text and my eyesight's not terribly awesome. And, uh, and that can be hard to see on a projector. Yeah. it's a good point. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, while we're on that theme, um, if you are going to do live coding or, or anything like that, uh, font size large enough mm-hmm. yeah. to yes. be able to see from the back of the room. Yeah. A thousand percent. Yes. 
a thousand percent zoomed in for Ben. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, no joke. So I got glasses, but I, I didn't get glasses until I was in my like late twenties. And I remember distinctly being in a presentation at a conference, probably a cold fusion conference. And I'm sitting there at the table and, and I was like in the back of the room or something. And, and the screen just looks so fuzzy to me. And I mentioned to someone else at the table next to me, I was like, what is wrong with the projector? Like I can barely make any of that text out. And the guy was like, what are you talking about? It's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Oh, maybe I should get my eyes checked. <laughs> I should probably go to the eye doctor. And then when I finally got glasses and they, and they, and they put it on, it was like a whole new world opened up. You're like, Oh, <laughs> edges are sharp. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. I'll never forget driving to the stoplight and being like, Oh, there's only one red light, not two. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, a little bit of humor in a presentation goes a long way. Yeah. I mean, it helps. Number one, it breaks the ice for you. Yeah. Right. So if if, if people laugh after you do something funny, it, it helps you relax. And. And it also engages them and make, makes you know that they're engaged. So I think trying to add, you know, not being overly like silly, but just adding something that's that's humorous can can ex- be extremely helpful. Mm. Here, I'll give you a joke. You can tell them and it'll, it'll help <laughs> get it going. OK, you can be like, dudes, like, don't you just feel so bad for the calendar? And, you know, do you guys feel bad for the calendars? Why would I feel bad for the calendar, Carol? Their days are numbered. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Get out! <laughs> I, I laugh way too hard at that joke every time I tell it's, it. You know, it's the best when you laugh at your own joke more than anybody <laughs> else does, and no one else does. I laughed at it, and uh, Peyton and his girlfriend just laughed at me laughing. They didn't laugh at the joke; they laughed at me. So, anyways, yeah. There you go. Now you got you got your icebreaker. I've helped there you. you. Yeah. But yeah, I agree with that. Something to just kind of lighten the mood a little bit. Because for me, like feeling tense makes it way worse. I need that moment of like clarity where it's like, okay, I can just breathe. Like the easiest presentation I ever did was with Kev McCabe in um, Vegas. And we were just talking about CF Builder. And it was just, it was an easy talk because he just lightens the mood with everything he does. Like he's just... Mm -hmm an easy guy to work with. So that's one of my favorite ones. All right. Well, I'm excited. Break a leg. Thank you. So I, I do have one link that I wanted to throw out there. Um, there is this uh, YouTube video that I really like. It is a pretty famous, uh, it's this pretty famous talk that's given at MIT. I think it's been going like every year for 40 years. What? It's called how to speak by Patrick Winston. We'll of course link it in the show notes. But it's it's a it's basically a presentation on how to give a presentation, mm-hmm. and it's that. really good. Um, I mean, it's an hour long, but it's you know it's an MIT presentation on how to give a presentation, so you know it's good. Yeah, <laughs> I'll check it out for sure. For sure, stuff like that during like bath time because it's easy to just kind of lay and listen to and mm-hmm. watch and relax. I, I love public speaking. I'm not that much a people person, but I do. I am a performer. I, I like being on stage. Yeah, I just, I, yeah. So, I, I know that's kind of the opposite of you, Ben. So I told, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I no, mean no. you, you are. I'm not a blogger. I'm not a researcher. You're. I think of you, you like the guy, beautiful who, way with who, words, who delves in deep and like mm-hmm. puts his thought out in perfectly 
I you know, I have to wing it, right? I yeah. have to get up there and just kind of like showboat. And so, yeah, I totally admire that you are putting yourself out there to give a talk because I know it's not your comfort zone, but you have so much to give. Well, that's very nice of you. Thank you. I've realized I'm not a big fan of public speaking, but I am totally a fan of organizing it all. Like I had a ton of fun organizing the conferences, like helping people come up with topics. Like you have people who want to present, but aren't really sure on topics or you're not fond of their topics. So then you help them come up with other ideas and suggestions. That's all great to me. And then I'll go and listen and enjoy all of it. But I definitely prefer that side of it over the actual speaking at it. Yeah, m- most people would rather. Uh, <clears throat> so, people's fear of public speaking is greater than fear of death. So, huh. the person giving the eulogy is more scared than the person who's dead. <laughs> well, of course, they're more scared. <laughs> Can't be scared when you're dead. dead. Yeah. All right. Okay. We round it out. Sure. Let's do yeah. this. Yeah. So, this podcast is made possible by the Corporation for Public Mayhem and <laughs> listeners like you. <laughs> I'm going to keep the pitch short and sweet this week, just like last week. You're smart people. You know how this works. We could really use your support. And if that's something you're interested in, you can find us on patreon.com slash working code pod. We have a top tier on Patreon and we have two top patrons right now. So a special thank you goes out to Peter and Monty. Thank you guys very much to everyone that just listens to the show. Thank you for listening. Uh, Please share the show with your friends and coworkers because there's no better support than a word of mouth referral. Tell the algorithms to boost our signal by leaving us a review and a rating on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Send us your questions and topic suggestions on Twitter or Instagram at working code pod, or leave us a message at 512-253-2633. That's 512-253-CODE. Code Code hotline. (laughs) We'll catch you next week. And until then. Your heart matters, guys, particularly if you speak at conferences. (laughs) you've been listening to working code with your hosts adam ben carol and tim if you're enjoying the show please feel free to rate subscribe and review on your preferred podcast listening platform we really appreciate that effort we'll catch you on the next episode of working code